to the extended cut. Russell Johnson here again. Scott Schuford is joining me today. Good to be here, Russell. All right, let me make sure I got this right. Schuford, Schufert, Schuford, Schuford, just Schuford. Just let it roll. Schuford. Nope, that's too slow. Schuford, 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 Schuford. Yeah. All right. I feel like I've been saying it wrong. No, you nailed it on Sunday. I Did was I? listening. Oh, yeah. You were? Okay, good. I, I felt like I was doing all right, and you would have corrected me. Oh, no. Just let it ride. Just let it ride. At that point. But, yeah, Shuford. Very good. One of our newest campus pastors. So, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks, man. Going to be downtown, doing a good work in Columbia. That's the plan. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a whole new world. I mean, to be uh, <laughs> in the Midlands. Um, hasn't been too hot yet, so that's been a good thing. Yeah, from Traveler's Rest. That's where we've lived the past couple years, yeah. So on staff at Grace Church, which is a church we partner with on all kinds of stuff, at least from afar, like we like to borrow ideas. They like, you know, Matt Williams, that lead pastor there, and John, good friends, they talk often. So anyway, kind of a cool relationship that way. Oh, totally. And, and we, um, being friend churches, you know, there's a lot that that carries over. And, and to be honest, we've been a part of the Radius family for a long time. You mm. know, John... Uh, discipled me right out of college uh, up at Furman, and my wife and I, when we got married, you know, you do the the good work of trying to figure out where you're supposed to go to church and where God's leading you, and we ended up at Radius up in Greenville. So, you know, John and Cheryl and Jeremiah would, you know, do their thing down here in the morning and then pack up the car and drive up, uh, you know, 385 to, to Greenville, and we benefited greatly from that. So it's crazy to think how it's all moving full circle. Mm. It is cool. I think uh, most of us on staff have some relationship with John in some way, shape, or form. My story is very similar. Having run into him in Texas while he was there for a short time. So anyway, fun stuff. Oh, for sure. So Sunday you were at Lexington. So filling in for me doing Psalm 147. And I know you have done that at all of our locations, getting a chance to put you in front of our people, um, not just to get to know you, but we want our people to go with you. Yeah. We, we really want to say, hey, if if downtown is near and dear to your heart, you either work there, you know folks that are there, you got kids or students that are there, um, whatever, live close to there, right? I mean, I, there was a couple Sunday that came up to me afterwards, and I had no idea that they were driving as far as they, they do hmm. to get to Radius Lexington. And um, I was like, you, you are going to visit with him like after the service. Or, yeah, 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 we're just waiting for some space. So anyway, I think that's great, just finding out that there are folks that, that are living near that area. And, and there, I think there are people who are wrestling with just a good work to be done downtown and may go with you. So we're, we're parading you around. It might feel like a little bit of a dog and pony show, but we want everybody to know what's happening and for folks to go that way. How's your experience been as you've, gone to all the locations. It's been so much fun. Uh, we were talking last night, uh, my wife and I, we had a couple over for dinner and kind of recounting the last really five or six weeks that we've been on the, the Radius World Tour. And so neat. I mean, it's such a great setup to be able to be one church family to share, you know, really big picture vision and resources, but then for it to look so different mm -hmm. everywhere. I mean, we're out in Saluda under a, a picnic shelter in the park, and um, we're at Rocky Creek and seeing the setup they've got there. And then um, out at Irmo, you know, in the backyard of a law office, and, and mm. then getting to come to Lexington this past weekend. We'll head to White Knoll in a couple of weeks. But just 
to see the beauty of the body and mm. to see the beauty of um, people that are fired up about their community. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, is, I'm sure you guys see it every day and that's kind of the driver behind those different, you know, radius churches. But mm. man, the people in Saluda are pumped about what's going on in Saluda and mm. um, Ryan and the Rocky Creek crew. I mean, with the building and all that and, um, yeah, it's it's just neat. It's been really neat. Um, family has enjoyed it. They're they're tired of hearing me. I'm thankful that I've been had the I've had the opportunity to preach you know on the same psalm every week. But our boys are are ready for something new. They're like, Dad, are you going to tell the same stories this week? I'm like, Yeah, bud. I was like, I'm sorry. They're like, Oh, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, humbled by the opportunity and thankful yeah. to get. I mean, to to have the chance to open God's word, but then to get to meet, like you said, meet the folks that are wrestling through. All right, what's next? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that's the kind of the, the spiritual side of Radius, but let's be real. Which has been your favorite stop so far? Man. I mean, I just go ahead and say Lexington's been your favorite, and your least favorite has probably been Rocky Creek and Ryan Maloney and all of that. Just go ahead and say it. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna go off script here and say <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed Saluda. I Did mean, you? We oh, were, man. Trey can't hear this. We were way, way out in the country. I mean, it was like we were back in Traveler's Rest. Uh, it, yeah. it felt a little bit like home, um, yeah. which was sweet because, you know, living uh, downtown and ministering there is, is a little bit of a different deal. Yeah. Um, Irma was fun. They did some baptisms there in the in the uh, I guess watering trough out yeah. in, the, in the parking lot. So That's it's awesome. It's been good. Every place has its unique um, mm-hmm. flavor. Cool. White Knoll <laughs> will be no different. Oh yeah. We we were actually we visited through there um, when we were coming down and checking it out. My wife Jess and I, and it was it was great. We went to White Knoll in the morning, and then came to Lexington for the later service and. Again, so cool to see just how it plays out mm. differently under different leadership with different gifts and different spaces. So, yeah, it's been fun. I, I I don't know how often y'all get to go. I know Andy travels everywhere, but I don't know how often y'all get to go to the different places. But it's it was refreshing. Yeah, that's great. Downtown. Let's talk about that just for a little bit. So, um, I think when most people think of downtown, like for me, <clears throat> I think of University of South Carolina tens of thousands of students, the opportunity to um, kind of break into that that culture there. Um, as we think about like a timeline, what you're wanting to see happen, if you were if you were drawing this up and, and casting a little vision for people who might be thinking, hey, we, we might want to go, or we think God might be calling us down there, kind of give us a timeline of what you're wanting to see happen in the next few months uh, to six months. Sure. Um, well, you, you mentioned the word vision, and, and for me, that's that's always been huge. When you're you're pressing into a new space, you know, envision being really just a picture of what of what could be. Um, that's fueled by this you know, internal just drive that like this this has to happen. Mm-hmm. And when I think about vision for downtown, um, a lot of that's so weird and fluid in this season of COVID and. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of your old plays you used to run, you, you kind of have to I don't know, scrap some of them and, and dream some new ones up. So the, the, the mechanics and nuts and bolts of it, we're always, um, you know, pressing into and, and praying through. But just the, the big picture vision, you know, everyone I've talked to about downtown, um, I've talked to about the collegiate scene, um, the homeless scene, the, mm. the, the business man, young family, um, 
rich, established family. I mean, all of that, when you put it in the pot, everyone says there's just a great need. I mean, there's a spiritual, um, I hesitate to paint an area with a, a paintbrush of darkness, but I mean, they say just, there's, there's a need. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think about darkness, back to the vision piece, and I think about how Jesus so often refers to the church mm-hmm. as um, a light, uh, a city on a hill, you know, in Revelation 1, you know, he, he talks about the churches as lampstands. I mean, there's just this light imagery that goes along with it. And, and when you spool that out into how it played out in Acts chapter 2, you, know, you have believers sharing things in common and meeting together and devoting themselves to teaching and um, seeing people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Like, there is a compelling brightness to it mm. where the the culture around it would look at them and go, man, you... You guys don't have any needs. Mm. And not only that, but you're taking care of our widows too. Like, what's your deal? Mm. And when I think about moving into a place that by all accounts has um, pockets of darkness, and and I think about what God's church through Radius can be and how bright and compelling it could be, not to come to our building or to, you know, be a part of our thing, but just to, to be a part of a family that loves God, loves each other and loves the city. Um, Hmm. I, I wonder what could happen if, if we could establish and plant that in downtown while we're surrounded by, you know, 45,000 college hmm. students um, yeah. who are in a pivotal time of life, um, while we're surrounded by young families and, and then people who, especially in this season of uncertainty, ha- are asking questions about what's really real. Um, yeah. So that you, you spool that out, and then you start asking the questions about okay, how do we move from from where we are today to what it would look like to to meet those folks where they are and establish a church. Um, obviously, fall would be an important um, space to to have something uh, in the ground established to be able to build momentum with the college students when they come back into town. Um, I mean, walking the streets downtown, there. I mean, there's housing. Everywhere. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you've seen it. And then there's uh, college buildings and gathering spaces. Um, so what we're looking at right now would be um, what can we get off the ground in the fall to, to just rally and build some 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 energy around uh, with the college students. Um, and then looking at maybe like a January 1 um, kind of launch, um, reboot, uh, get off the ground with, with Radius downtown. Um the needs there are people. Um, so I've been doing a lot of uh, meeting folks, like you said, on the, the grand tour, but then also sitting down at lunch and having people over for dinner and saying, hey, when we look at downtown together hmm. and when you really pray and say, God, what do you have for our family? Do, do you see the same thing? Do you see the need? Are you compelled to join us? Um, hmm. And the dream would be that we could have you know, 25 some odd radius folks um, that will grab the plow with us and say, Let, let's take the hill. And then yeah. we could have, you know, similar number of college students that say, man, we want to, we want to reach our, mm. our classmates or teammates, this, this community for the gospel. Yeah, that's great, man. I would, you know, I, I guess I, without having to grovel, right. Or plead, I just, when I hear you talk about people, I um, I think about, you know, several years ago when I met John trying to plant a church south of Austin and I would have given my right arm for another couple, hmm. right? Another two couples, man. And then to say like 25, 
man, I would have, uh, I don't know what I would have done, man. You know what I mean? It just would have been this amazing experience. And so for us, having to parachute in to a place and, um, you know, a lot like what you're doing, a lot of, a lot of relationship and uh, you're trying to build those relationships with the people there. But then there's this reality that here's Lexington, White Knoll, Rocky Creek, Irmo, Saluda. Most of those people, if they have ties to downtown, it's, it's some sort of business relationship ties, not that they live there. And so um, it's, it's a big deal to say, hey, can we, can we get some folks to do it? So I've seen it a couple of ways. Number one, I've seen people move. Right. I've seen people just pick up and move and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to join this thing. Um, the other thing that I've seen happen is when we were in Hill Country in Austin, they had a, a downtown campus, uh, Hill Country UT, University of Texas, and they had people commit for a couple of years that just said, you know what, um, we don't live down there. We, we live out in the suburbs of Austin, but we're going to drive in every week and we're going to help. This, guy, this guy's name was Denny Henderson. We're going to help Denny get Bible studies launched, relationships built. We're going to do what needs to do, be done. Like if they did a, a net outreach event, those were the people there to help man it. And um, I could envision a lot of people at Radius saying, hey, I'll give you a year or two. Drive down and and help get this thing started. Especially when you think about the fall. I mean, you're saying, hey, what are we what are we going to get started? I mean, to to say you're going to have a Bible study is one thing, but to have a Bible study and 20 people show up to create some momentum and energy that would be that'd be huge. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. and, and as you meet with people, you realize that folks are wired differently. You know, mm. some people love to you know start stuff and then hand it off. Um, you know, some folks are uh, more, you know, minded uh, relationally and some are more minded structurally and some people hold it together. And I, when I've been thinking about the team that we need, you know, old football guys, so everything, you know, goes back to uh, athletics. You know, as I remember at Furman, they used to recruit, you know, five quarterbacks a year. And mm. I, I'd scratch my head and try to do the math, you know, when you can only only have one person <laughs> playing quarterback. And they, they would come in and, you know, a lot of them thought, man, I'm going to be the one, mm. you know, calling the plays and getting the job done. But you know, you'd look two years down the road and one of them's a tight end and one of them's a safety. And I asked the coach, why, why do you do that? And he said, well, we, we want guys that, um, that know how to lead. Hmm. We want guys that, um, that understand the game. And we want guys that, that have the, I guess the, the in, internal strength to, to step into a situation and, and really, really move the ball. Um, wherever they are on the yeah. field. And and when I think about the team of, of folks that we're praying for to join us, you know, it, it seems less that we need now, especially in, you know, COVID land, you know, that, that we need someone to, you know, figure out how to park cars and print brochures. We, we need more a team of athletes that say, you know, I know how to make disciples mm. and I know how to, um, meet new people, and I know how to um, will things <laughs> into existence. Mm. And and I think if we can get that that team of quote unquote athletes for, like you said, a couple of years, just think what could happen. Yeah. And that's that's been our ask in a sense is say, man, can you come dream with us? Can mm. you come put your hands to the plow? And um, there's some exciting stuff already happening downtown, and um, I think God's got some folks to join us. So yeah. thank you for the ask, and, and let's continue to pray and press in that direction. And would love to have conversations with anyone that's listening or anyone that you know that yeah. 
that would want to dream together. It's great. I um, yeah, I think I think Radius uh, as a whole has a has a lot to gain from this as well. So when you think through the life and the energy and the passion of college students, mm-hmm. and um, man, what that would look like not only for you guys to to make a, an impact and or a dent in the lostness uh, of that campus. Right. But what does it look like as we begin to make disciples of 20-year-olds, 19-year-olds, who can then uh, infuse life into other places in the Radius family, right? So um, always needing folks to help in students, or always needing folks to, to help lead in children, always needing some, uh, some folks who can pick up a guitar and play, and, and, and to have 35, 40,000 students who... You know, that's a pretty that's a pretty big swath of a lot of energy and passion and talents and skills and all kinds of areas that uh man, if we could if we could begin to make some inroads there, we could see the fruit of that across all of our locations. So good stuff. No, for sure, for sure. I mean I've worked in college ministry for ten years and sitting in that space and just you know, a high school student doesn't necessarily want to be an old guy like you and me. I mean mm. They may one day, but man, you put a 21-year-old in front of them who loves Jesus, hmm. then it gives them a vision for the, at least the next step. Yeah. And then I think if we can surround those college students with families like ours and multi-generational, um, you know, multiracial, just a, a diverse, beautiful picture of what life in the kingdom can be like, hmm. that I think it gives them a vision too. Because the, the beautiful part about it... And, you can look at that age group in one of two ways. Um, probably look at it more more ways than that. But one way is as um, you know, uncommitted uh, consumers that are only here for a season, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I have always thought that they are. I mean, from day one, we're ascending church mm-hmm. because they 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 can't stay here. I mean, some of them will, but majority of them are going to go back to um, Mississippi or back to. Pennsylvania or back mm-hmm. to Indonesia. I mean, it's like they they cross here um, at a, such yeah. a pivotal time. And if the church can meet them um, where they are and give them a vision for life with Christ, then um, maybe they come to Radius, and that'd be beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they can pour life into our church for a handful of years or, shoot, move to Lexington and build a life. Um, yeah. but, but if they don't, then man, they go back to the world. And mm. that that is exciting to me because that, that time was pivotal in my life. And, and I think it it, it, hold, it holds weight and opportunity across the board. Yeah, no doubt. It's good stuff. Pretty excited to see what all happens downtown, man. Yeah, well, thank you for the just the warm welcome to the family um, here and for the way y'all have loved my wife and our boys. And it's it's been good. It's real. We're cool. here. Yeah, that's great. Well, man, we normally uh, talk a little bit about the passage, so uh, White Knoll's going to get this in reverse order since uh, they haven't heard it yet. So uh, they'll uh, they'll get to hear your your thoughts on it before you preach it. The rest of us have all heard you walk through Psalm one forty seven and um, you know give us your your take on it. This idea of we've been given a gift and we're supposed to. Re- obviously turn our eyes to the giver and then respond, you know, the, the, the cycle, if you will, that you 
alluded to and, mm-hmm. and really taught through as we tried to walk through the psalm. Um, as you were preparing for this, and as you preach it each week, I mean, you really have a limited amount of time, even more so being outside, right. kids involved, it's hot. I mean, there's a lot of distractions. Um, but if you had like the perfect setup, man, what are some things you wish you had? If you had a little bit more time, like, man, this is what I would do, and this is what I would say with Psalm 147. Hmm. No, that's a good question. Um, like I said, it's been a, a blessing on one hand to be able to sit and kind of just really crockpot hmm. in, in this text for the last six weeks. Hmm. Um, I remember studying it out initially and you know, we're working through Psalms and, and some kind of aspect and character of God's character. And we're looking at uh, just God's grace in this. And and as I was was kind of diagramming it out, I really saw that that cycle. You know, it wasn't hopefully not trying to jam that in there or pull mm-hmm. it you know, out of original idea, but just it seemed that, that there seemed to be this movement um, to the psalmist where, where he just said, guys, I, I want you to I want you to praise the Lord, and let me tell you why. Mm. And um, the first reason is He's done stuff for me, and He's done stuff for us as a as a people that we couldn't have, have ever done for ourselves. Mm. And um, but we can't stop there. And and as it moves, you know, it gets to this place where He says, you know, I couldn't have provided for myself, I couldn't have rescued myself, I couldn't have healed healed my own heart. Um, but God has done that. But more than that man, the God who has done it is marvelous. Mm. And it was this whole idea of God's glory wrapped up in God's kindness. And then how in the world do we respond to that? And um, it has it has captured my, my thoughts um, over these last six weeks. Because when you sit in life and, you know, all of us go through challenging things and, and difficult days where our thoughts are running down rabbit trails that are not healthy or um, our words or our actions, you know, are following those thoughts. And, and we just, we find ourselves um, in a space where, where we need to move, where we need to respond, we need to reorient. And if I have more time, kind of your question is, is thinking about this cycle of grace, this idea of, you know, God has given us gifts. I mean, even us being here today talking mm. is a gift from him. And you don't want to spool it too far and go, you know, blessed means I get to drive a car with air conditioning. But mm. at, at the same time, with the fact that that we're here and we're upright and God is, is near to us is a gift. Um, and he is so gracious and so powerful. And then our response you know, is, is a call to repentance and to movement. And when you think of that cycle, it's almost like a, like a roundabout, um, biggest roundabout I've ever seen out uh, in Saluda. It's a big one. Driving back, I was like, man, this is incredible. Out in the middle of the country, <laughs> I mean, big. But it, it, any roundabout has um, on-ramps and it has off-ramps, mm-hmm. right? And, and when I think about this cycle, it's so easy to get stuck in the space where um, you have to start at one particular place. Well, you got to start by examining God's kindness first mm-hmm. um, to get onto the on-ramp. Or to, to come on in the traffic circle. And what, what I would argue and what I've seen just personally as I've been marinating on this is that each one of those ideas is an on-ramp mm. um, to the circle. You know, you can start by really just stopping and considering his kindness to you. I mean, that, that's a way you can reorient your mind, your heart, 
your soul um, to say, I didn't create this, but but he gave it to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't save myself. He saved me. I, I was not the sole provider for our family. It's his provision, right? And you can, you can come on in this gift space. Um, but if you can't get there, and there's times where I, I can't get there, I can't see that, um, then another on-ramp is, is to just consider his holiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to sit in light of the giver and say, you know, I'm just going to go walk next to a mountain. I'm going to remind myself how big you are mm. and how small I am. Mm. Um, I'm just going to sit and look at the stars and get lost in your vastness. Mm. Um, I'm going to ask you to show me my life um, and my sin in light of your holiness. And and it just, it, it resets my heart. And then from there, it moves me to this place of response. Or you can come in with this place of response where sometimes I can't see either of those things. Mm. And I sit down with you and we're eating breakfast and you go, Scotty, you just need to move. Like mm. you just need to stop hanging out with those people. You need to stop watching that. You need to start um, reading your Bible again, you, you know? And mm-hmm. like that that can be a place that as you move, your heart is stirred to um, notice again. God's kindness and, and to come again under his greatness. So that for me was something that I felt like was kind of difficult to flesh out, you know, on the Sunday morning, but just this idea that you, wherever you are, you know, whether it's stopping and just reflecting on his goodness, whether it's sitting in light of his holiness or whether it's getting with somebody and, um, and then just having them help you point towards movement that it can get you back on the mm. back on the traffic circle and, and out of the ditch. Um, so it's been good for me to, yeah. to, to think about the power of the scripture and the, the thoughts of the psalmist and just how good God is, um, mm. especially to me, because I don't deserve it. Mm. Yeah, we're all on that boat. Um, that's interesting when you think through, you know, you when, you, when you're walking through Psalm 147, you talk about what some of those gifts are, you know, referencing what, what God has done, you know, healing the brokenhearted and, um, you know, he's, uh, he's helped the afflicted, he, several gifts there. And so I see the on-ramp, but the, the interesting on-ramp is that response on-ramp to say, hey, how in the world can I have a response to God without first being motivated from God. Right. And um, I think uh, I think you're absolutely right that that sometimes there's a piece where we are we have to move before we feel. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think what we always want is man, I'll I'll obey when I feel like it. I'll obey when I'm stirred. I'll I'll obey when I'm you know, whatever, or I'll respond when I'm, you know, jazzed up or whatever. And and this idea that says may, maybe we declare God's praise uh, even when I don't feel like it. Yeah. And as a result of starting there, then it allows me to to catch into that cycle. Um, to me, that's the hardest on ramp. But that's uh, that might be the on ramp where people understand from a maturity standpoint, like. When circumstances, situations, feelings, and everything are pushing opposite of a praise the Lord kind of response, I still do that yeah. uh, to drive my heart rather than waiting for my heart to drive my actions. No, so that's it. Yeah, and it's not as uh, sexy or as, um, like you said, kind of 
it doesn't start with the heart. It starts with the hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went back and forth with that response idea. You know, Titus chapter two talks about the grace of God has appeared. And I thought it just tied in so well. It's almost like, okay, here's God's grace, what we're talking about. Therefore, let's let's move in this way. Let's turn mm. um, and live with wisdom and self-control. I mean, dis- like, like there is a turning as a result of God's grace. But I, I think we can... We can be like that can get us back in that ditch of trying to um, earn it or repay it. It's just such a fine line, mm. and and I think when the teacher of the law is talking to Jesus and says, "Man, you know, what? What's this all about? What's the greatest commandment? Boil it all down for me." Mm. And you know, their discussion ends up with, "Okay, love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And you know, love, we love, you know, First John says, because he first loved us. And love is, is a choice. It's a movement. Um, mm. Because I love my wife, there's certain shirts I don't wear out of the house, you know? Mm. <laughs> because uh, uh, I love my wife, I don't wear my shoes in the house. Because um, you, you learn, right? Ephesians says, find out what pleases the Lord. And there's just this idea of, of I want to love you, Father. Mm. Um, that paints it a little clearer for me, it, is it's, even my movement is a response to his movement. But you're right. Sometimes we move. Jesus says where your your money is, there your heart will be. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this thing where if you want to direct your heart, then be generous in a direction and see what happens. Um, yes, so there, there's, a, there's a movement that allows us. And when you move, um, stuff breaks loose inside and you start to see God's, God's kindness. Mm-hmm. You, and it directs your eyes to him again, and there you are. Yeah, that's good. I was, uh, as I was listening to you Sunday, you know, I was going to get up and do the benediction and wanting to tie the benediction to your sermon. And so it seemed like every time a verse would come to my head, you would quote it and, uh, or you would reference it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to use that one now, but that James one, you know, every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. Romans two, that, um, you know, uh, God's kindness leads us to repentance. Like several of those things when you talked about, I mean, immediately it just, it, it seems like it, this cycle, you know, to use your word, is all throughout Scripture. And um, and we're always to be mindful of the gift comes from the giver and this this gift is to, to have some sort of response to the giver. And so anyway, just interesting as I was listening to you walk through that, I was like, well... He took that one. He took that one. So, anyways, <laughs> praise kind of a, God. Yeah, it's kind of funny to 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 work through that. So, uh, anyway, cool, man. Awesome. What else? Anything else? Closing thoughts that you're dying to share with everybody? Man, no. I, I think um, the thing that that has kind of started the whole conversation every Sunday, wherever we've been, is is just been that um, Luke ten verse two. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus saying, "Just look around you." I mean talking to his disciples, you know, these fields are ripe and they are just ripe. I mean, that, whatever, whatever it is, grapes or cotton or, you know, potatoes. I mean, it's like there's, there's work to be done. Mm. And we, we had a big garden back in Traveler's Rest and um, a couple years we made it too big, you know, cause couldn't, couldn't get all the stuff off the vine. Mm. And I, I realized that there's, there's work in preparing the soil. Um, and that was kind of my favorite part. I love just getting in the dirt and mounting mm-hmm. up. And um, and there's there's work in planting uh, for sure, right? But mm-hmm. then there's also work in harvesting. And it, it doesn't feel as spiritual because you're kind of filling your basket, but 
man, I, I just th- I look downtown and there is work to be done. Mm. And we are praying that God would send more workers. Mm. Um, and if we, like you said, end up with a couple of other couples, we'll rock and roll. And, yeah. and God will do what he'll do. Um, but I, I'm just excited to see, see who he sends because I say it, it can sound cliche, but we are here as a family. You talk about some people moving. I mean, we are here as a family as a direct result of years of prayer mm. here at Radius for more workers. Yeah. And I don't, like, it, it humbles me. Mm. And I'm excited to see who, who God brings to join us because wherever we are, Lexington, Rocky Creek, Saluda, Irmo, um, White Knoll downtown, like, it's ripe. Mm. People are ripe. Mm. And um, just pray God's kingdom would come. So thanks for a chance to talk it out and yeah, man, for everything else. Yeah, well, uh, I, I can foresee this happening many more times. So uh, we're excited to see what happens at downtown, and glad you're here, and should be fun. So those of you listening, you say, "Hey, I I think I might be interested. I know of somebody, or I like a little more information, or maybe just to grab coffee or a meal or sometime." Reach out to Scott. Is all his information is there on on the web page. You can grab his email there, and um, yeah, let him know, and you guys can connect. So, Scott, thanks again, man, and yeah, um, we will we will get after it again next week. Thanks, guys. Yeah.